like I'm on the Heisman watch. That's gotta be what would describe, symbolize I've got skill. Four times the talent around me. Desmond Howard playing for Howard. Just tell me how can I be stopped? This Allen Ivy at an Ivy College. They can't check me. I don't practice my class too hard. Look at me, my swag is grown. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 54 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Last week of August, you know, last 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 chance to wrap your things up for August. You know, close the summer out. You know, we got a couple of weeks left of summer, but you know what it is, man. It's back to school. College students back on campus. Kids going back to school. Hey, man. It's about to get, it's about to get cold out here. It's about to get cold out here, man. You can feel it in the air, too. You know, it's the end of August, but it's feeling like early September out here already. Um, it's been a cool couple of days. I've been enjoying it. Definitely been enjoying it. And that just means football is coming. That's all that means. Football is coming. Um, very excited about that. But uh, listen, man, we got some things to discuss today. Got some things to discuss. We're gonna, of course, we're going to talk about the biggest news story of the weekend. Uh, Mr. Andrew Luck decided to retire from the NFL at the age of 29. That was huge. Going to talk about that. Um, I want to discuss more of the AB's. AB's helmet saga. Going to talk a little Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, update on that. Got some fantasy football talk. I had my draft. Uh, what we draft on Thursday? We had our draft on Thursday. I think my draft went pretty well. Honestly, I've been doing this. I think this is my sixth fantasy year, fifth, uh, sixth season doing this, and I honestly believe this is my best draft ever. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When I talk about how I got my roster together, you guys understand. But um, before we even get into all of that, all right. So I want to talk about a documentary I watched. All right. So after the Miami and Florida game, which was a good, great game, sloppy but great game. It was entertaining as hell. Uh, after that, ESPN had a documentary. So it looked. So it's the NCAA's. You know, it's college football's 150th anniversary. So they're doing a docu series about the college football. So the the first episode, the one that I watched uh, this past weekend that I tried to tell everybody uh, to watch, and um, it was pretty good. It was about the college game itself, right? It's about the college football game. So they started all the way back from the late 80, 1890s and took us all the way up to now. Crazy documentary. I learned a lot. I really did learn a lot. Now, the most interesting part of the documentary was the life and death of HBCU football. I'm going to give you guys a history lesson today. We're going to get deep today. We're going to get a little deep today. I wanted to start off with this um, because I didn't want you know this to get lost in 35, you know, 25 minutes in. I wanted to start off with this because it's going to be a very important segment. So HBCUs, you don't know what an HBCU is. It's a historically black college, uh, mostly in the South. Uh, these were schools made for black people, as you know, you know, before... Uh, segregation was ended You know everything was split Even schools of course So historically black uh, universities Were made for black people And they had football Still do but not nearly as You know big as it was During it's heyday So here's, here's, here's the thing Great, great. This, this is what I'm about to. Everything I'm about to tell y'all is facts, like real facts. 
and it's just crazy to see, right? And and you know the way that segregation, excuse me, desegregation, segregation basically killed the HBCU football. It, it's crazy because you think you know segregation. All right, it's bad. Segregation is bad. You know why not? We can't all be together, right? But segregation allowed black folks, black athletes. To go off and do their own thing and, and still play at a high level That's that's what it allowed them to do Black athletes, black football Black college football players were flourishing In HBCUs oh, We can't go to Texans We can't go to Texas We can't go to Clemson We can't go to Bama Cool, we'll go to Grambling We'll go to Morgan You know what I mean? And it's just like Especially in the South Deep South Deep South It was, it was booming down there um, so here's what I want to discuss. Okay, so Alabama. First of all, Alabama's always been good at football. By the way, not just you know last fifteen years. Alabama's always been good at football. So Paul Bear Bryant, he was a coach of the Alabama in um the '60s, right? So he he's the coach. They had all white teams, all white teams. Nobody on the team was black. Through the 60s Nobody on the team was black They won three national championship games Now towards the end of the 60s You know desegregation You know everything started to get segregated Some teams in the north Like Michigan State, Notre Dame They had uh, integrated a little bit There were black athletes on the team And those teams got pretty good Southern coaches still wasn't going for it They like no No black people on this There will be no blacks on this team No colors on this team We White only White only And the fans bro If you guys watch this documentary Just look at Like The white pride Like they were so Like this It was like They were scared To have This sport taken from them They were scared to have Black people Black athletes Be more dominant than them on the gridiron This was the almost one of the last things that, that white people had The sport of football College football They didn't want to let that go They did not want to let that go Especially in the south They did not want to let that go So by the end of the 60s uh, Alabama They got a little weak You know why? Because they were still all white And they were not able to compete Somebody in the doc said that If uh, the South didn't desegregate If they didn't include black players The South would probably not be anymore There would probably be no Southern No SEC They wouldn't Teams just weren't good enough to compete nationally Without black players So by the end of the 60s Paul Bear Bryant's uh, Alabama team were not. They weren't winning that They weren't. They were mediocre They were average So he signed his first black player in December of 1969. He was a running back. And um, by the end of the 70s. Oh, also, that he got them back to number one in 1973. And by the end of the 70s, Paul Bear's Alabama team was 40% black. 40% black. It went from, oh, we don't need him. I don't need him. To, oh, God. Half almost half my team is black now, not because okay let's end racism let's fight racism let's combat racism let's 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 desegregate let's integrate for for the um the good of the cause no 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 they saw how good 
those brothers was on that field and said, oh, God, let me go get some because I want to win. And they would go on to win three more national championships. It's that simple. Don't let, you know, history, because I don't, I think a lot of this, I don't think a lot of people know about this. I don't. This is very important to learn. They 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 needed the brothers. They did. Now the, the story only gets interesting, more interesting. So, you know, they kept, and this is another thing they did. Now now okay, now you see how successful Alabama was. So, let's go back to 1968. 1968, Morgan State and Grambling University. They played at Yankee Stadium. They played at Yankee Stadium. This is this is how big. HBCU football was They went up to New York to play in Yankee Stadium They sold Yankee Stadium out There were 63,000 people there Majority of them were black Majority of them were black To see two HBCU football teams Put on a show This is the same year that Dr. King was assassinated A lot of rides going on And it just You know the uh, Doc who played wide receiver for Morgan Said that they felt like This was big and it was And it was and it was big For many reasons One They just sold out Yankee Stadium Two HBCU teams sold out Yankee Stadium In 1968 Know what that tells us Oh the black people can do it on their own That's That, that scared the hell out of the NCAA Scared the hell out of them It did It's like well they don't need us but we need them So instead of bringing in HBCU teams Into the conference You know into the bigger conferences What they did was pick the elites Off of the HBCU teams Took them Brought them to the NCAA And made, basically wiped away the HBCU programs They crumbled They took the best talent They said we're not going to bring everybody in No 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 we don't want all of you We don't want your coaches We don't want your players we don't want your school. No, 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 no. We don't want that. We want the best that you have. We're going to take them. They're going to make us money. They're going to make our teams better. We're going to win football games. We don't need the rest of you. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, another thing I learned, you know, that, that about the, uh, Eddie Robinson, he was the coach of Grambling. He was the first college coach to win 400 games. Did not know that. Did not know that. And in a 15-year span... Over 500, 500 HBCU football players, college football players were drafted to the NFL. At one point, Grambling had more NFL draft picks uh, than Notre Dame. I just thought that was interesting because, and you know, I, I heard somebody say, why not, why, why black athletes should migrate back to HBCU football that's way easier said than done Way easier said than done Way easier said than done Like you know Going back to the Morgan and Grambling game After that game you know happened That's when they started recruiting They they started picking them up and that's that's the thing These big school Big schools recruit They recruit They recruit better than anybody And they got more resources more money More the, the, the TV rights Better facilities better school they just, and that's how they get you. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, if I'm a college athlete, if I'm a football player, 
I'm definitely picking UMD because you know I'm Maryland. I'm Maryland guy. I'm picking UMD over Morgan. Not gonna go play football at Morgan. I'm not gonna go play football at UMD. I can go play football at you know another big school. But that's that's where it is now. That's where it is now. That's where it is. And twelve of the last thirteen teams, third excuse me, twelve of the last thirteen national championships were won by teams in the South. Teams that didn't allow black players. Teams like Alabama. Teams like Clemson. Texas. It's crazy to think about, man. It's it's really crazy to think about. You know, NCAA profited and 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 made it, you know, seem like they were doing this, you know, to 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 better the game and make it all inclusive. No, 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 no. It's it's easy to see what they did it for, you know. But I thought that was interesting. I just thought that was something interesting I wanted to share with you guys. And I thought you guys needed to know this, man, because, you know, people think, you know, HBCUs are just, you know, um, you know, they talk about Tuskegee and they just they, they talk about, you know, more of the academic and and, you know, the not not so much the sports. They don't they don't really talk about the football. You know, I feel like that's like buried in our real history. That's a part of history, black history, football history. And I just thought that you guys, you know. I just thought that was interesting to share. That's all. That's all. Um, yeah, man. But go go read up on some of that stuff. Or go watch the documentary because it's real interesting stuff, man. Real, real interesting stuff. Real interesting stuff. Um, it's just it's just crazy to see, man, that they didn't they didn't want black people, black athletes, until they realized how much they needed them. Crazy. 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 All right, so let's get into it, man. Let's get into what happened with Andrew Luck. So Saturday night, most of our you know football watchers were watching Miami and Florida, and like me, like many people, I saw I first saw the news break on the TV screen. I don't remember the last time I saw, you know, has ESPN breaking news beat my phone. So I saw that, and then literally two seconds later, my fantasy football group message. Going crazy And uh, we see that Andrew Luck had retired I was Surprised Like very surprised And then I'm just like bro I understand I understand 100% Andrew Luck's body Has been through a lot A lot But Andrew Luck's body I was I made it I said this the other day. It was um I'm in this fan, uh NFL group message on Twitter, right? And um you know, somebody was talking a Colts fan was saying something. I, I don't know why Andrew Lucky came up. This is like the other day. I was like, bro, Andrew Luck's been on uh the injury report since twenty fifteen. And that was the joke, but it's the truth, bro. Andrew Luck has been pretty like banged up. Last year, hell of a year, comeback season for him. I was very happy to see Andrew Luck back. But, you know, and and if you look at it in its totality, bro, Andrew Luck, he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. Um, Torn cartilage, concussions, torn labrum, lacerated kidney, torn abdomen, calf injury. This This is a quarterback who suffered because... His his management, his ownership, they didn't want to go build a line. 
They let Andrew Luck play behind virtually nobody for years, and all he did was take a beating. Took his team to the playoffs, got them there, and it just you know some sometimes it just doesn't go your way, and that's just that's just how the cookie crumbles. But Andrew Luck come out in 2012, all in all, great career for Andrew Luck, man. You know, sad to see him. Of course, sad to see him walk away at the age of 29, but. You know, like I tell people all the time, there is life after football. There's life after football for these athletes, man. And you know, why, 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 why keep putting your body through that? Why keep putting your mental through that? You got to understand, football is also a mental game. Those injuries take a toll on your not only your body but your your mind. It's like, can I keep doing this to myself? Is it worth it? You know what I mean? I'm I've never been in that position before, but I would assume that it's a lot, and it's not as easy, you know, to, as, as somebody who who has never played at that level or even close to it, for them to say, "Oh man, Andrew Luck's soft. Andrew Luck's weak." Bro, what y'all think? Because y'all took a couple of licks playing rec football. Y- y'all can speak on a professional uh, uh, football player. No, no, y'all cannot. No way y'all y'all calling another grown man soft like that. I saw a lot of negative reactions. Chris Johnson, bro. Damn, he said he tweeted, "Damn, Andrew just gonna quit like luck gonna quit like that." What? Quit? He retired. Y'all look like this man retired in the middle. Didn't somebody retire at halftime last year? Because he won't play no more. Y'all look like luck retired. When the when, during the season when the coach were like zero and seven or something, he didn't quit on the team. He didn't quit on the team. He did, this is off still off season. It ain't September yet. It ain't September six yet. Listen, man, y'all y'all got a lot of nerve. Y'all got a lot of nerve. I think a lot of the reaction was just distasteful and very judgmental, man. You guys, first of all, this guy. Gave his all to the game Gave his all to the city Gave his all to his organization He's walking off the field And those trash fans in Indianapolis Booed him Honestly, I hope the Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis Colts Never win another damn thing I, don't, I hope they don't even win another division title For another 12 years 12 years with no division titles No playoff That's what they deserve after that The curse of Andrew Luck I'm, cl- I'm calling, I'm claiming it the curse of Andrew Luck For 12 years the Colts will not win A division And they will not make an appearance in the playoffs They don't deserve it Not after that Those fans are terrible And yes I know it's not all fans But I saw a lot of fans burning Luck's jersey Bro This man gave y'all everything he had Literally And figuratively And this is how y'all treat him It was nasty man To boo him when he was walking off the field How y'all think that made him He said it hurt he said that hurt. This man already told y'all where he's at mentally. And that's what y'all chose to do. And, you know, he was real, 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 real sad and just, you know, very emotional at his press conference. And rightfully so. I I just didn't agree with any of the backlash. Anybody, any of these so-called analysts um, and, and, and experts saying how how much of a quitter and, and, and how so. Bro, Andrew Luck didn't give up. He didn't quit. He retired. He walked away from a game that he gave everything to. 
And it's just it You know when is your time It's your time man When is your time It's your time Would y'all rather him Played this year And and got seriously hurt Like 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 Permanently Like permanent damage Like Is that what y'all wanted Y'all would rather see that Than have this man Walk away from the game While he still can You know Y'all not gonna put that man on the cross For doing what's best for him And his family don't give a damn about y'all fantasy leagues. Don't give a damn about the Colts fans. No. Don't care, man. Andrew Luck gave his all to that city. And he did his best to come in after Peyton Manning, bro. One of the GOATs. And he didn't have to, you know. He he jumped out of that shadow quick. Quickly. I was very excited when Andrew Luck got drafted. I was a big Andrew Luck guy. Especially on Madden. Uh, what man was at 12? Yeah. That's when the Colts and Redskins was, yeah, RG3, Andrew Luck. Um, you know, but I'm happy for Andrew. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's doing, you know, what he wants to do and leaving the game on his own terms because a lot of players don't get to do that. A lot of players don't get to retire on their own, whether it's they're forced out because of career-ending injury or they can't, you know, something happens and they can't get back in or they just don't get a job again. So I'm happy to see Andrew Luck walk away on his own. And, you know, I wish nothing but the best for him and his family in his future. But as for the Colts and their fans go, I could give a damn about them. Yuck. You're all disgusting. Yuck. Gross. All righty. Anyway. Um, what's next? What's next? What we have with it? Um, where I want to go? Right, let's talk. Let's talk. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Zeke because he, you know, a quote came out from him saying that um, you know, he wanted to be a cowboy for life, and you know, but even even the great Emmitt Smith had to play a couple of games for you know another team. Listen, you know, with this Lamar Miller injury, I've already said that the Texans would be a good suit for Zeke if the, if it came down to a trade. But with the Lamar Owen, oh, pray yourself for Lamar Miller, man. That was sad as hell. When I saw it, I already knew what it was. Every time you see it, you see it like that. You know what it is. You know, hands in the face, cart. The injury itself, you already knew. But I knew it was ACL. You know, I I tried to keep hope. You know, you know he he did. It was kind of a high hit, but the way he was planted, yeah, no, ACL every time. Prayers up for him. And his family But um Yeah man The Cowboys I mean not the Cowboys You know the Texans They got Duke Johnson But This would be a great time To trade for Zeke Great time to trade for Zeke man Because I don't know if that deal Is going to get done I don't know if Zeke's going to play this year But If it comes down to it If they got to trade him If they, you know If they end up trading him I think Don't send him too far Send him right to Houston I'm sure Houston could put together A package for y'all whether it be Duke Johnson and some picks or whatever they would have to do to get Zeke, I'm pretty sure that the Cowboys would make out. Or wherever he, they decide, you know, wherever. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wherever the best, you know, suitor would be, I'm pretty sure Zeke would land somewhere. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really crazy how they're doing these running backs. Really crazy how they're doing these running backs. Still don't know what's going on with Melly. Melvin Gordon, don't know if he's going to play. Says this. Oh god, man! Once again, I'm I'm gonna keep beating this 
coined into your brain. Without Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys are doing nothing. They're doing nothing. Nothing at all. They're not going anywhere. They're not. Y'all will see Dak Prescott for what he is. If you haven't already. But Cowboy fans, y'all, y'all gonna be in the roof. Y'all gonna be in for a rude awakening. Y'all, y'all, I hear people, y'all, y'all talk about the Packers without 12. Boy, let's see what the Cowboys look like without 21. God bless them. God bless them. May God be with them because boy, it's going to be ugly. That's around go 4 and 12 on them. Yikes. Um, all right. I want to talk about, uh, first of all, let me see how and what. Exactly did A B do? Cause I all I saw was the headline. I was like, excuse me. He what? Alright, so he, he he got a helmet deal? A deal. Alright, so let me read this article. Orlando's uh, Orlando, Oakland Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown will move on from his fight to wear his old helmet, according to his agent. Brown lost his second grievance, by the way. Um, so the NFL, blah, 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 there's uh, multiple offers on the table right now from various companies to a custom made helmet for him and pay him quite a bit of money. Won't be missing any time and he'll be paid, getting paid a lot of money to do so. It's happy ending, even though he won't be able to wear the old helmet. So AB acted a goddamn fool, right? Acted a fool for a couple of weeks and now... He's got offers on the table for people to make him custom helmets. And he's getting paid to wear it. It don't get no goddamn better than that. Hey, man. I don't know if I'm mad at him. I don't know if I'm mad at him. I think I'm mad that it had to go like this. I think I'm mad that he did this to his team. But if it was really a problem with the helmet and it got solved like this, and you get a bag for it. Hey, brother, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Long as to keep you on the field. That's it, man. Hey, listen. I know I've been getting on ABs past couple of weeks. But listen, if the helmet was such a big deal. Listen, you know, we talk about concussions all the time. We don't know how good the helmet was. The helmet could have been great. The helmet could have been great. And you know, it's about safety. I would want my good helmet. If I've been using the helmet since I've been here, and y'all telling me I can't use my helmet no more, and y'all talk, y'all y'all giving me helmets that don't fit. Look, I played football. I was young, but I played football. I know how helmets can be. I know how helmets can be. Helmets are disgusting sometimes. You ain't getting the best. You ain't getting the best all the time. Mm-mm. That's why I made sure my helmet was top of the line. I made sure I had the good padding in it. If it wasn't right, we going right to uh sports authority and we gonna get me another one. Period. Nah, for real though. <laughs> I, I I you know I'm happy for AB. I hope this is it. I hope you no know, he can get back to it because the season is about to start, baby. The season is about to start. We need AB on the field. Tony Totap. We need that. But um yeah man. So AB's getting paid to wear a helmet. He's getting paid to play football. It's the American dream. It's what we all want. Um, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got. Um, oh, we're gonna talk about that Friday. Lomachenko fight this weekend. By the way, we're gonna talk about that Friday. Oh yeah, Friday. All right. So look, Friday we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk some uh, college football Friday. 
Lomachenko fight. We're gonna preview the September fights. Um, what else we gonna do Friday? Next week is our NFL kickoff show. Got a, some things planned for that. Got some things planned for the NFL kickoff show. Uh, gonna see how the rest of this week goes. Do some planning for that, and you know, see how next week goes. But I got a couple of things for, planned for. Also, not only is that the NFL kickoff show, but that's the one year anniversary of the um the pod, man. Big time, man. Big things coming up. Big things. We almost out the fifties already. Midway through the fifties, we moving. Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was looking at calendar. And I'm like, I'm already plotting on episode 100, and we are nowhere near that. We're halfway there though. Halfway there. Halfway there. Big things going on. Big things going on. Big things. Um. All right. So. Get out of here. Get y'all out of here in a little bit. Let's let me let me tell y'all how my fantasy draft went. Okay. First of all, I had the number one pick. I'm not I'm not proud of that because last year was my worst year in fantasy football. And I missed the playoffs for the first time ever, right? And um very nasty year. So I, I ended up with the the first pick. And with the first pick in the draft, I took Alvin Kamara. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We got the what the shot like I look. They, you know, people was like, "Oh, you can regret not taking um, not taking Saquon, sir." The Giants have no wide receivers. They gonna put thirty people in the box to stop Saquon. Do I love Saquon? Yes, but as my number one overall, no, no. Kamara's gonna be fine. Kamara's going to be fine. Um, hold on, let me pull up the, the draft results so I can tell y'all exactly what I did. Tell y'all exactly how I drafted. Because honestly, this was a hell of a draft for me. And I saw some funny things happening. Listen, bro, I ain't get my quarterback. I ain't get 12. Y'all you know, y'all know that's who I usually go with. But I saw some people reached in the third round to get quarterbacks. And that almost threw my draft plan off. But let me tell y'all something before I even tell y'all what it did. Let me give y'all some, some advice. Fantasy draft. If you got a fantasy draft coming up, let me give you some advice. One, stick to your guns. If something happens, something goes crazy, and in like third, fourth, fifth round, or you know, around any round, stick to your plan, bro. Do not switch up. Stick to your plan. Do not let anybody else's foolishness derail your plan. Because it was the third round. I saw Rodgers get picked. I saw Drew Brees get picked. I didn't pick again to the third or fourth. But I was like, yo, are we going with this? What we doing? This is what we doing? I went to the quarterback. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Not doing this. Not doing this. I didn't do 15 mock drafts. I didn't take all these notes to fold like this. No, sir. And I still ended up with the most underrated quarterbacks in fantasy football. Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers. I have no problem with, that, with Matt Ryan starting the quarterback or Phillip Rivers. No problem, bro. No problem. Matt Ryan threw a quiet 35 touchdowns and seven picks last year. 30 to... Between 20 to 40 fantasy points Per game Play with me if you want to I, I know my stuff Play if you want to man Don't don't play with me Play with something safe Um, So let me tell y'all what I did right Let me tell y'all how it went This is a very very good draft Very good draft Well for me it was Let me tell y'all about a trade Y'all know I like to make trades Y'all know I like to make trades But this year I'm very 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 I like my team, and I don't really want anybody to go, to be honest with you. All right, here we go. Here we go. That's what I did. By team, not by round. By team. All right, so first pick, I went Kamara. Then I went Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, Phillip Lindsay. Do y'all know? I drafted four running backs. 
with my with my first five picks. Wait, excuse me, my first six picks. Four running backs. Four good running backs. Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle, Sony I had last year, Marlon Mack. Oh my god, Marlon Mack about to be running the ball. And come out, bro. That's four great running backs. That's what the NFL.com definitely said. I, you know, I, I did my thing with the running backs. I got Calvin Ridley at seven. He's going to be. I'm, I feel like this is going to be his breakout year. Uh, Matt Ryan at eight. I went and grabbed the Baltimore defense at nine because they was they were still there, and that was I was ready for that. Uh, I got Phillip Rivers uh, with my tenth pick. Uh, then I got Justin Tucker, bro. I watched somebody pick the Rams kicker. Before Justin Tucker was still there, they picked the Rams. Ki- All right, they must know something. I don't know. Uh, Jordan Reed, eh, not a good pick. It was towards the end. I got uh, Randall Cobb, Manuel Sanders, and then I finished with Jamal Williams. Now, after the draft, you know, I had to look around, see what the rosters was looking like. Um, somebody uh, in my league had Devontae Adams. Now, y'all know I'm a Packers fan. I, you know, I did a bunch of drafts, right, mock drafts. None of the mock drafts that I end up with my, uh, Devontae Adams. Every mock draft, I did end up with Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen. Did, that, that was very interesting that that, that actually happened. Um, but, so, I'm like, okay, who got Tay? So, I, 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 I texted the, the, my man who had Tay. I'm like, look, I want to speak to you about Mr. Adams. He sent me the, hmm, emojis. I said, what do you want or need? I'm Listen, I'm ready to sell my soul. I'm ready to send him a hell of a package. I'm like, this is probably going to be a three for one, two for one. Like, I'm ready to go ahead. Like, and it's no problem for me because I know Tay is going to be crazy this year. He said, give me Keenan. He said, give me Allen. I said, what? Who? Bro, I never accepted a trade so fast in my life. Keenan Allen for Devontae Adams, a one-on-one trade just like that? Thank you. Bro, the league was so mad. It was like, I vetoed that, blah, blah, blah. No, sir. I ain't never. I, first of all, I've never used a veto feature. Never will. We are all grown men. Listen, fantasy commissioners, please do not tell me y'all vetoing trades. I remember my freshman year, my roommate and, and them, they had a fantasy league, and they were talking about people vetoing trades. I said, y'all, we grown men. Ain't nobody vetoing no trades. If they want to be dumb, let them be dumb. If the trade work out for everybody, the trade work out for everybody. If somebody get finesse, somebody get finesse. I've been swindling people for five years, bro. I don't care. I don't care. That trade benefit me. Oh well, that's his. That's his doing. He's a grown man. He'll deal with that on his own. Talking about veto that. Yeah, I get real disrespectful in this. Mo- nah. Listen, I did what I had to do. My team is ready. It's the bounce back year, revenge year. And for the first first game of the season, I'm playing my boy Rome. Last time I was in the playoffs, 2017, I had a first round bye, second seed. My my uh my bye week we dropped 158 points. When we played him, we didn't even score 100 points. Lost one game away from the championship. Almost got my second ring. So this is a revenge game for me. This is a big game. Week one early. This is like Packers Bears Ravens Steelers. And I mean, I'm excited about that. Rome, I hope you're ready, baby. I hope you're ready. I really do, cause I am. Um, but listen, man, fantasy football is fun whether you're playing for money, a trophy, or both, or just for pride. This is my first time, you know, charging guys and, you know, doing the money league. I'm excited about it. Uh, it, it you know, it brings guys together. We have fun, and the group message is fun. I love fantasy football. It's, it's just fun for me, man. I love it. So, if you guys are drafting this week or have already drafted, man, just have fun this season. 
Don't go too crazy. Injuries happen. Watch the waiver wire. Um, be aware of your trade deadline. Uh, always look at the injury report. Morning of, even all that. Sunday night, Monday night games are crucial. I will say that. I will say that. But we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna do fantasy football talk every week. But um, yeah, man, that's all I got for you guys today. Definitely, we'll be back on Friday for episode fifty-five. Episode 55 Um, I'm off Damn I'm off No I work Friday But I'm off What Wednesday Thursday And then the weekend So Definitely got some time To get ready for that Um, And enjoy the weekend Um, Man so Thank you guys for listening Make sure you keep Liking Subscribing Whatever you gotta do man Follow the Instagram And Twitter account And at at Electrified Pod Make sure you keep uh, Retweeting the drops Uh, Shout out to Stadium Scene TV For supporting the boy Appreciate you guys and I uh, love you guys, man. Appreciate the support. Shout out to all 25 states that I've reached. 25 states. That's half the country. And shout out to San Juan. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'm Eric Lyons. And for the 54th time, you have just been electrified. <laughs>